Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Uh, it's nice to have you here. We are in this series that we started last week on idols. Uh, today we're actually going to be talking about human relationships and how sometimes those human relationships can become idols in our lives. Now, one of the things I used to do, and I still do it actually with my girls, I, sometimes I'll just go, hey, who do you love more than anybody? Mostly because I'm trying to see if they, that day maybe they actually love me more than mom. And it never happens. They're always like, I love dad, mommy most and daddy next. And then they think about it and they're like, well, Jesus and God and then mommy and maybe my sister, maybe you. And start to, I'm, and I'm like, I'm a human. I have feelings, you guys. Just one day. One day love me, love me the most. Um, but I love the fact that my girls, they, they always kind of retrace their steps if they don't say Jesus first. Now, I don't want to get into the theological difficulty of a kid trying to understand the difference between Jesus and the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit and that they're all God. and like That's a tough one for them, so they always say Jesus and God. Um, but then I love how they get, they get to, to mommy and daddy. And I've actually, I'm, I'm starting at this point in their life, they're old enough to, and they can they can take me being not as nice to them. And so I look at them in the eyes and I'm like, you know what? I love your mom way more than I love you guys. And they're like, dad, that, well, that's actually probably good. But I actually want them to kind of understand this, this like level of priority. There's going to be a day where they're going to go to college. They're going to go get a job. They're going to do something. They're going to leave the house. It's going to be me and Crystal. And I want them to know that like my priority is with my wife. Obviously, the, the first priority being God. And I love the fact that, that my kids are at that point where they, they do understand those priorities and that God is first. And really, that's, that's what we're going to try and, and talk through today a little bit. Uh, I'll be honest, the passage that we're going to look at, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a weird one today. A little bit difficult to, to trudge through, but I'm grateful for my kids Knowing that God needs to be number one. And that's my, my hope and my prayer that all of us would realize that that priority level of our relationship with God, it, it, it really does matter most. And here's the thing. It's never threatening to say that you love Jesus more than anyone else if people see that your love for Jesus makes your love for other people more what love should look like. Um, I, am, I am really okay with knowing that my wife, Crystal, that her first love is Jesus. I want that to be the case. Here's the thing. I know that Jesus has never hurt her the way that I have hurt her in, in life. I know that Jesus died for her sins. I hope that she gives her life completely to him, and that's who she lives for first. There is, a, there is this priority, and it matters because it matters in the way that we deal with every other relationship in our lives. Honestly, I don't even understand how you can do this life without Jesus at the center. I don't, know how, I don't know how a marriage works without Jesus at the center. I don't know how raising kids works without Jesus at the center. Um, and so today we're going we're gonna to take a look at this. And honestly, I think it's going to be, parts of it might be a little bit difficult. Part of it is the, the passage. The passage is tough. This is one of those weird passages where, I'll be honest with you, Jesus kind of comes off sounding a little bit cold-hearted. Now, I know Jesus isn't cold-hearted, but what we read here, it, it does sound a little bit like that at first. Our relationship with people, they are so important in our life. And, and they should be important, but the question is sometimes, does, does the, 
the, the connection that we have with people, can it actually become overly important? Can we start to focus on things that, that we shouldn't because we're so worried about what people think about us and what, what, uh, what those relationships are coming to? And so that's what we're going to look at today. Um, the very first commandment in the Old Testament that we see, it says, have no other gods before me. It's plain, it's simple. Have nobody else before me. And so if a human comes to, the, if, if it comes to the point where we put a human over God, something's wrong. And what's going to happen is those priorities start to all get out of whack and, and we start to live in ways that, that God is not actually pushing us to live. And so I think this might be one of the toughest idols that we have to face because we see people in our lives face to face every single day it's the most important relationship that we have on this earth, and, it, and it's tough not to put those first at times. If you are a people pleaser at all, and I think all of us, we've got a little bit of people pleasing in us, sometimes it's tough not to make pleasing people a little bit more important to us than pleasing God. So what does it look like for us to put down this idol of loving people more than God? So what we're going to look, do is look at Luke chapter 9. Um, and Luke chapter 9, Jesus is telling people some things that are kind of hard to hear. They're these people that want to come follow Jesus, and he's, he's making them think maybe twice about it in some ways. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, I want to I be kind of clear about something first as we're, as we're starting to talk through this passage. This passage is not first and foremost really trying to talk to us about our relationships, in re our, our relationships to people compared to our relationships with God. What this passage is really trying to talk about is the urgency that we should have in going out into the world and telling people about who Jesus is. It's the urgency of what the kingdom of God is all about. But I think that there's some parallels that we can draw from what Jesus says here into how we relate to the people around us. And if you if you are any bit like me and you've read this and, you, and you've not thought that Jesus sounded cold-hearted here, I don't know what you're reading. I read this and I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't even sound like something that Jesus would say. One guy says, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus almost, it's like he looks at him and he's like, yeah, right, you will. You are not, you're not going to follow me. Once you get to the place where you realize that you've got no home to live in with me, you've got, you got no no bed to lay in. You got nothing like that. Are you really gonna? Are you really gonna stick after me? Another guy comes to him and says, "Hey, Jesus, my dad just died. Let me go home and bury him, and then I'm, I'm gonna come follow you." And this is where I think Jesus. It just sounds the most harsh of all to me. It's like let the dead bury their own dead. You go and tell people about God. And I read that. I'm like, whoa, Jesus. That doesn't sound nice. It doesn't sound kind. This. This man would have had a social obligation, a religious obligation, a family obligation to take care of, of putting, out, uh, putting together a funeral for his fa father. It was expected. And so what Jesus is telling this guy, it is, 
it is so completely outside the norm. It is, it is uncomfortable. Even the people around Jesus had to be been thinking, Jesus, this is, this is uncomfortable what you're saying to us. But the point is not that Jesus doesn't want us to care for a family member, to care for a family member who passed away. The point is that following Jesus and looking for ways to further the kingdom of God, it is so important and it matters so much more than anything else that you could possibly imagine. Jesus just, he's trying to use a little bit of hyperbole here to, to get it through to, to these people, but to us also, just how important following Jesus actually is. And actually, this passage almost pales in comparison to what, what Jesus says in Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, large crowds were, were tra- traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Whoa. Jesus. I don't... Like, I liked this passage when I was a kid because it was the one thing where I was like, see, I can hate my sisters once in a while. Um, But you read this and you're like, Jesus, really, what, what are you actually trying to say here? Because the truth is, we know, we got to look at context. Context is everything when we look at Scripture. And we see in the Old Testament, in the, in the commandments of the Old Testament, that it says that we are to honor our father and mother. We see Jesus throughout Scripture also say, you should honor your father and mother. So we know that, that he, we really aren't supposed to hate our father and mother. What is he saying here? And he's saying something to us that's not an absolute thing. It's, it's a relative thing. Relatively speaking, compared to your love for, for me, compared to your love for God, your love for everybody else should look a little bit like hatred. Now, uh, we actually, I think, kind of understand what this looks like. Maybe some of you, when you first gave your life to Jesus, all of a sudden, you, you just got plugged into church. You were going to church all the time. You were doing stuff with different people than you'd ever done before. And maybe you had some friends from your past who started to be like, what are you doing? You are ignoring me. You, you want nothing to do with me. And that new love for Jesus, what does it actually look like? It actually looks a little bit like hate to those people. I know when I started, uh, when I started to fall in love with Crystal, I wanted nothing to do with anybody else but her. I wanted to just hang out with her. And so what happened was I'd be like at home, and I was just grumpy all the time. If I had to just be around my family, like I was mean to my sisters, I would barely talk to my mom. And, and some of you are like, my kid doesn't have a boyfriend or girlfriend. They're like that all the time. That's also being a teenager, all right? I get that. But I just wanted to hang out with my, with, with my girlfriend who wanted to become my wife, okay? That was just what was in me. And when you fall in love with someone, there's a little bit of that. And so what happens, though, is everybody else around is like, why are you, why are you hating on me now? Jesus isn't asking us to actually hate people. He's asking us to put our 100% focus on loving Jesus first. Jesus wants us to love people around us. But he also wants us to make Jesus our first and underlying priority at all times. What does that look like? Now some people, when they hear this, they actually start to think stuff about about God that, that I actually understand. Some people are like, man, that sounds like a really jealous God. Why would God expect the, the center of my heart? Why would he expect me to put him first in absolutely everything? That seems like a jealous guy. I don't know if I'd want to follow that. But here's the thing. God is not hiding the fact that he is a jealous God. He says over and over in the Bible that he is, a, in fact, a jealous God. He uses those words. I am a jealous God. 
He uses it in the book of Exodus, in Deuteronomy, in Joshua, tons of places. But here's the thing I love about the jealousy of God. The jealousy of of God for my heart is different than the jealousy of me for someone else's heart. The jealousy of God is to make you and me better in absolutely everything. He knows that if we will just give our time to him, if we will spend time with him, we're going to actually become more what we're supposed to become, and love is going to flow from us in a way that it never has before. Whereas when I have jealousy for my wife, that jealousy is completely for me. That jealousy is I want what I want, and it's not making either of us better. I mean, man, when I... I, was, I just was not a better person all the time when I was dating her. It wasn't her fault. It was my fault. There was jealousy there. wasn't making me or her any better. God's jealousy for us, I believe, is born out of the fact that he knows that if we just give him our heart and he gets time with us, transformation is going to take place. He's going to make us better for it. Uh, and actually what's going to happen is he's going to open us open up for us a better that we never would have been even capable of on our own. Uh, I love Matthew 6, 33. Jesus says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to as well. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given. Seek first Jesus. Put Jesus at the, at the center of everything that you absolutely are and he's going to give you all these other things. Now what, what are all these other things he's telling us about? Let's go back a little bit here to what Jesus was telling his prospective followers in in these situations. He's told one guy to go and let the dead bury their, their own dead, not to go home and bury his father, just to go and tell people about God. He tells another guy uh, who wants to go and say goodbye to his family. He tells him that those who, who look back, they're, they're not fit for service in the kingdom of God. What Jesus is doing here is the same thing he's saying in Matthew 6. He's saying, put your trust in me. Put your faith in me. And then the beauty of that is that in all of these things, you're going to get all these things that you need given to you. Matthew 6, he was actually saying, uh, all these things that are needed in your life, uh, clothing, uh, food, everything that you need, the pagans run after them. But your father gives them to anybody in need. And he's saying, all I'm asking you to do is just trust me. Don't worry about all the stuff that you feel like you need to do. Follow me. Follow after my kingdom and everything is going to be given to you. And sometimes we have a tough time with that. I, we think, man, I'm, I got to follow after what I got to follow after. I, God doesn't always know exactly what I need. I need to go after this because I don't think God's going to give it to me. He's saying Follow after me first. Follow after my kingdom. Go after righteousness. And then you're going to see, I'm going to give you everything that you absolutely need. When we trust him, when we focus on him, that's what happens. And so I like how Kyle Eidelman uh, actually describes this. uh, Our relationship as it pertains to people and to God. He says this. Life can be viewed as a bicycle wheel. Round and round it goes. The different spokes can be different people in our lives that we love. If we are not careful, we can make God just another spoke. God should be the center of our wheel, the one all the other spokes are connected to, the sole thing causing the wheel to spin. I love how he puts that, because I think about my life so much of the time, if it's this wheel, I know I'm guilty of just making God one of those spokes. 
And he's just a part in all of these different relationships that I have. And, and what he's meant to be is he's meant to be that center where all of the relationships are, are coming into that, that center part of the wheel. That's how your world begins to spin the right way. Jesus is saying to us, it is your, own, your only choice for the kingdom life is to put me at the center. Your only choice for making every other relationship work out is to put me in the center. The only way that your world is actually going to spin the right way is if your wheel is the right way, I'm not just one of the spokes, put me at the center and it's going to work out. Um, now I know for me, when I hear stuff like, a message like this, when it comes to relationships, I start to go, oh man, how am I, how am I messing this up? There's got to be some way that I am messing up relationships. I'm putting people before God. I'm not doing this the right way. Um, and, and I want to I go and I want to answer a couple of the questions that maybe you have. Of, am I doing this wrong? Um, there, there's some ways that maybe we worry if we're putting people before God that I would, I would suggest maybe we aren't. What is not an example of me putting people above God? One of them is this, experiencing in your heart a hurt for and a longing for someone. You ever have that thing where you just have this burning longing for somebody? It hurts when they're not there. Um, sometimes it's, it's people who have passed away, and, and there's this, this just immense hurt that we, we wish we could be with them. Or it's a, you, you got a crush on somebody. And maybe you remember what that feeling was like for those of you who have been married for a long time. But that feeling like, man, i gotta be, I got to be with them. And there's this thing in us sometimes where it's like, okay, what am is this feeling wrong? Am I, am, is this person above God in my priority list right now? Um, and I actually would say that, that it's okay for us to desire and hurt for companionship with people. That kind of, that kind of longing in our heart and mind, it does not mean that our priorities are wrong, that, that God is in, in a second place position necessarily. We are made to love people. And I think while Jesus said some kind of hard to understand things in this passage, he also told uh, one young man who asked him what the greatest commandment was, he said, love God and love people. It was kind of a 1A, 1B. It is okay for us to have an immense love for people. That does not mean that our love for God is not where it should be. In fact, I would say your, your longing for companionship with people, it's actually part of the beautiful thing that God has put inside of all of us. Very early on in the Bible, it says that we are made in God's image. And part of the idea of being made in God's image is that we are people that are made to love. That is part of God's image inside of us. And so if you don't have a burning, a burning desire for companionship with people, that actually is maybe a sign that you're pulling away from what God's desire for you is. Because that's part of his image, is being a person of love. But like anything else, uh, a little bit of too much of one thing can, can sometimes be unhealthy. A constant longing for companionship with people and not a longing for companionship with, with, with God, that might be a sign to you that you've put people in a position that is unhealthy at this point. Sometimes we've just got to get in a place where we let God fill our deepest longings for companionship. That is something that takes time. It takes a personal relationship with Jesus. It takes getting to know and understand the love and, that Jesus has for you, the character that he has. It takes time getting to know and understand the, the truth of scripture, but in time we, we get there and God starts to fill our deepest longings. 
So no, I don't, I don't think that hurting for people, longing for people, means that, that you've put God in a, in a second-rate position. Another thing, what else is not an example of me putting people above God? Feeling closer to people than you feel to God. Let's be honest sometimes. I just don't always feel close to God. It's just the way it is. There are times in my life where I actually feel closer to my wife or to my kids or to some buddies of mine, whatever. I think that's just actually part of us being human people. The Bible talks about how we have to love people who we can see if we expect to love God who we can't see. Sometimes it's just easier that we can love people that we see in front of us and it is normal for us to feel some disconnect with God. Now, I actually say the same thing about the relationships in our lives. There are times where I feel disconnected from my relationship with my wife. There's times where maybe I feel closer to a buddy of mine for whatever reason. But that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that I'm putting my buddy above my wife. There's no way. What it actually is for me is it's, it's a caution flag for me. When I realize that there's a disconnect between me and my wife, it's a caution flag that it's time for me now to spend some intentional time with my wife. It's time for us to go on a date. It's time for us to put the phones down and have a conversation with each other. It's time for us to go on a walk together and talk. Whatever it takes to become intentional for that connection to actually take place, it's needed. Because here's the thing, I need to feel connected to my wife. And I think the same thing happens for us. Sometimes we start to worry, man, I'm, I'm in such a bad place with God because I don't feel connected to God. That's part of being a human. We don't understand how to be connected to people all the time, let alone God who we can't see. And so what it is, is actually it's a, it's a caution flag, it's a warning sign for us that I need to do something intentional to make my relationship with God feel some connection again. I need to go on a walk where I can talk and I can pray to God. I need to, to commit myself again to some getting myself to church a little bit more regularly and being around people who love Jesus. Uh, maybe I need to get myself up out of bed earlier so I can read my Bible a little bit or read a devotional. But I got to do something when I feel disconnected to connect myself back to God. Now here's the thing. If we're, if we're too content in that place of being disconnected to God and we're not ever taking steps to become intentional in that relationship, now maybe we're in a place where, yes, the relationships with people have maybe become an idol over the relationship with God because we we're not spending the time there. There are definitely ways where we can become guilty of not giving ourselves to God the way that we're supposed to. What are some other ways that we can be guilty of putting people above God? Now I'm going to list out a couple things just to kind of get your brain triggered, but here's some things. Compromising on values in order to please a romantic partner or a friend. When we compromise values, it's saying Either I care about this person more than what God's want me to do, or I care more about myself. And we put God on the back burner. Uh, neglecting all the things that, that could benefit my spiritual life while filling my life with moments with people. When I'm neglecting things for my spiritual life, that is a pretty good sign that I'm starting to put God on the back burner. He's become second, second tier for me. For parents, this is one. Parenting to be friends with our kids rather than parenting to show our kids the truth of Jesus. Now again, I think this is one where we're putting either our kids or more likely we're putting ourselves a little bit higher on the, on the idle place than we're putting God. We don't want to have the difficult conversations. We don't want to do the difficult things. I think this list could go, go on and on for a long time, but I'm just trying to, to, to kind of get your brains thinking, okay, are there ways in my life where I'm putting people or I'm putting myself before I'm putting God? 
In what ways do you find yourself struggling in this way? An important thing for us to remember is putting people before Jesus, it is always going to turn out as a net negative for us. Every single time. When you compromise your values for somebody else, I'm telling you, somewhere down the road, I don't know how long it's going to be, but somewhere down the road, when you've compromised the values that God has put on your heart for another person, it is going to hurt you and it's going to hurt that person. Anytime we compromise values, it's going to come back to hurt us. When you neglect your spiritual life for time with people, you might gain some relationships that are healthy, but here's the thing. You are not going to be in the strong place personally where you should be, and so those relationships, at some point, they're not going to be as healthy as they should be. Unless I'm making the priority of my relationship with God first, the relationships that I have, they're not going to look like they should. If you're looking around your life right now and you're going, man, all my relationships, they're just, they're a struggle. It's a struggle at home. The relationships are falling apart. You might want to say, oh, I should, I should really hone in on that relationship. A lot of times, we need to actually hone in on the relationship with God first. Because it's God showing us his mercy and his love and, and his grace that's actually the thing that helps us to turn around the, the, the people relationships. So if you're struggling with, with the people relationships, stop neglecting your time and your relationship with God. Uh, when you are being a parent to your kids, uh, when, when you parent your kids to be their friend, instead of being willing to be a parent where you're challenging them in the truths of Scripture and in, in the difficult things that, that, that God's calling us to, not only will your kids suffer spiritually in the long run, but here's, here's the thing. Oftentimes, we don't get the love and the respect from our kids that we were hoping for in the long run. It, does, it seems like an oxymoron, but the more often that we teach the principles that Jesus has taught us to teach, when we teach those to our kids, they might be difficult, they might not like it for a time, but in the long run, there is a respect and a love that comes out of that than if we just try to be our, our kids' friends. And so that's a way that we, sometimes we put people above our relationship with God. Keeping Jesus at the center of every relationship, it has to become our goal. And I think too often times we lose sight of that. When we achieve that goal, we and the people around us have a chance to be healthy. But here's something that I want every single one of us to remember. Loving God first never means loving people less. When you love God first, it does not mean that people are going to be loved less in your life. If anything, it means that people are going to be loved more. I love the way C.S. Lewis puts it. He says, it is probably impossible to love any human being simply too much. We may love him too much in proportion to our love for God, but it is the smallness of our love for God, not the greatness of our love for man, that constitutes the inordinacy. I love how he's putting that. I can't love people too much. But sometimes what happens is I'm not concentrating enough on my love for Jesus. I'm not investing myself in my relationship with God. And then what happens is all of this love, it gets out of proportion. And, and things just don't, don't go in our relationships the way they should. But I, I also want to say something that Rick Warren said that I think brings this, this comment from C.S. Lewis together. Rick Warren said this, Your problem isn't that you don't love God enough. It's that you don't realize how much he loves you. It's never that we don't love God enough. It's just that, and we, we talk about this a lot, it is realizing the love and the grace and the mercy that Jesus has given to us. So it is not about ever you loving a person more than you should. 
We should love people to the best of our abilities. But until we start to understand the depth of God's love for us, until we start to see that and we start to love God in proportion, we're never going to love people the way that we could. The more that I, I fall in love with Jesus and I fall in love with the one who saved me from all of my sins and I realize the grace he's given to me, that's when I'm, I'm going to start to be able to love people in a better way. So if you feel like you're loving people too much right now, that's probably not the thing. It's probably we need to dig into our relationship with God a little bit. Are you growing daily in the, rela- in the realization of the tremendous love that God has for you? Is that love growing your own love for God on a daily basis? And out of that love, are you learning to love people with a health that is beyond your ability to develop on your own? We don't have healthy relationships all the time. Some of you are sitting here right now and you're thinking of relationships in your life and you're like, man, it's it's just not healthy. And sometimes what happens is, man, I know I try to press into the relationship more. I try to press in more. But I'm, I'm so messed up a lot of times that when I try to press in more, I make the situation worse. I take a hole and I start digging it even deeper. You know what that's like. And if my first instinct would be, okay, this relationship is going south, God, show me yourself right now. If my first instinct would be to go to God and ask him to show me what is going on in me that is wrong, that is, is, is affecting my love for this person, and for, him, for, for God to fill me with a love that is beyond myself so that I can love well in this situation, if I would do that first, I'm telling you, our relationships would be better. I want to close you with this thought today. When your love for Jesus is in the right place, your capacity to love people actually grows exponentially. It's a love that is empowered by God's love inside of you. I want my love for people to start to grow exponentially. But the only way is if I continue to invest my heart and my my mind and my time into Jesus. God is not asking you to love people less today. In fact, I know he's asking us to love people more. He's asking us to tap into the depth of his love even more so that we're able to love more like he loves other people. And so this morning, what I want us to do as we close up the message, um, I want us to ask God to grow his love inside of us today. This is something that I think I, think I ask us to do that a lot. The truth is, is I need that reminder all the time because I think I'm good enough to love people on my own. And as I go off on my own, it just falls flat. So let's ask God to help us with this. That we can love people in a way that is right and in a way that's healthy. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.